As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everything's so small when you're on top of the world. It's hard to understand what's still yet to unfold. Pretending to be who you're not is a waste of what you got. Keep dreaming, keep dreaming, keep dreaming, keep on, keep believing. We are the kings and queens, our hearts they break when we fall in between the cracks. Living life like it's just a game of blackjack. I don't know how, but we always find our way back. Looking back when I was just a little girl with a big dream, living in a lonely world. It seems life is impossible, so believe that you're unstoppable.
what's going on everybody so um hopefully this sounds better today don't really know uh yesterday I put on a video I made a youtube video um and i put it on speaker like i always do but because of my computer being crapped out i don't know how it really sounds so i don't want to keep just doing that it's one thing whenever I can get the sound quality to be good and add songs on there, but now I can't even add the songs I want. Um, so, you know, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to try straight up going live. Um, that's one of the reasons I like going in my car, because cars, you know, they're insulated. Obviously, it's not a sound room or sound booth, but because yesterday I spent a lot of time while I was raking leaves trying to... Um, Trying to get my video to just record the audio. And then in iMovie, I would separate the audio from the video. And I would try to delete just the video and save just the audio so I can save 
as a sound file and none of that would work for me it was pretty shitty but you know it is as it is i'm not gonna get all pissy about it but so today i'm making a straight up just recording and it's gonna be just for the podcast now the podcast goes to youtube so you know but it's not gonna be like a podcast and a video you know what i mean because if people see the video then they only see podcasts and i'm kind of separating my kind of separating all my views that way you know Let's say I have the same video and I have the same podcast. There's two videos and I put those two into one podcast, kind of like I did yesterday. Well, I do that and then I add, um, and then I, uh, you know what I mean? Then I put a podcast on. So I got like six views in one video, nine views in the other video. And then the podcast has two views instead of, you know, just one massive video having like 16 views. But the problem is I like making long videos and I like making long podcasts. And I clearly have a following for that. Like I said, through Spreaker and Spotify, I have a lot more views and downloads and stuff like that. It seems like I'm a lot more popular than I am on YouTube. Now, that's not to say that YouTube, I uh, don't have views and stuff. Like, I get, like, I might be at, I'm at 3,000 views as of right now with 100 and some odd videos. Probably close to 200 videos now on there. Um, it's a numbers game, right? So, if you have 200 videos and every video's got, like, 10 views, well, 200 times 10 is, what, 2,000? So, you can see how that works, right? And, you know, I have one video that's got, like, 300 views on it. But that's, like, one in a... That's not even my content, technically. So, fuck it. But, so anyways, right now I'm just recording to Spreaker. I'm not live, but I'm recording to Spreaker. I may go live at some point. Um, problem is, being a father of four, wife working from home, and continuous things popping up, it's very hard to just carve out time and be live. And I know I kind of have to kind of have to have a period in every day where all I do is I'm just recording. This is what I'm doing. And that can be flexible from day to day. But for the majority of the part, I need to just do that. Because if this is something I'm serious about, I have to treat it like it's something serious. I have to take the action necessary to make this like that. Last night, I had dreams that I was putting out programs. Um, first program I put out was all the ways to reprogram your mind. And what you need to do while you're doing the um, Kabbalah Great Work of Self-Transformation first initiation stage. It was basically a go along with that. So you read the book, it tells you what to do. And then for anybody who thinks that's too vague or whatever the case is, I made a program. This isn't my dream. This is not in real life. However, it might be. But that's what happened in the dream. And then all of a sudden in real life, it, uh, or sorry, that's what happened in the dream. And it became very popular. I, I sold it cheap. I think it was $5 for the whole program, something like that. Instead of your traditional five or ten, or sorry, ten, twenty, fifty bucks, you know, I just I, I sold it for five because I didn't know how much it would go, and it, it sold pretty darn good. And you know, uh, as a result, there was some people that got mad because I undercut them, and we got to keep all the prices roughly the same. And it's like okay, and they're arguing that it's not fair if one person goes cheaper because everybody's gonna go for the cheaper one. But I'm like, well, if I don't have anything to offer. And people realize that my shit sucks. Well, then it is as it is, right? And they'll go to your programs. And they're like, well, no, that's not the case. We should all keep it the same. And then they get to choose from us. So then I'm like, well, then, you know, the price is the same. But if you have a bigger following than me, then it's not necessarily fair if our prices are the same. So I'm compensating by making my price cheaper since I don't have a big following. Let's add to my following. Once my following is as big as yours. Anyways, that's all the details about my dream. I don't know why I'm talking about that. But point is, I had a dream about making programs. And I continuously... I made finding my purpose, my purpose right now. Meaning, you know, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. 
I'm trying to figure that out. I'm using magic to make up money and get time off, keep my family safe and healthy while I find out what my purpose is. And it could be simply that it's not time for my purpose yet. Maybe this is all the steps I'm doing now is what I'm supposed to be doing and I should just be patient. I don't know. But and I am being very patient. I'm waiting for it to find me. But it's one of those things that's very hard to cast and just wait for it to happen. Out of all the magic I do, I think the hardest one, unless it's like I need money the next day kind of thing, that's very hard to do, but I've been successful with it. But it's like, let's say there's four times out of 10 times that I do get it and six times out of 10 that I don't get it when I'm casting like the day before. So not a bad odd, 40% of the time I get it, but there is 60% of the time I don't because you know my wife's mind's on it, my mind's on it. But other than that, the one magic I can honestly say I'm not sure and it could be just simply me my mindset maybe I simply feel like there's supposed to be this big fucking overwhelming feeling that this is my purpose and my passion or maybe it's because I need to know like the one thing I do right now that makes me happier and makes me excited and you know putting it putting my videos on and recording and all this stuff everything that goes into what I'm doing here right now is the one thing that I really look forward to. And it takes me hours, hours to get it done. I don't even realize it. I tell my wife, yeah, I'll be like five minutes and then two hours goes by because to me, it's like, I don't, I don't realize the time. So I really enjoy talking about occult things and, and this kind of stuff and going through concepts and, you know, referencing to freighter or birches or any of these videos because, you know, it's very, very fun for me it's very exciting it's what i love to do right now as of right now anyways so i know that somehow this is connected to that and then when you look at my chart you see that mars is in capricorn with saturn hell i can't remember capricorn might be the one before that i think it's neptune and mars sorry they're both in capricorn in my eighth or ninth house, um, one of those two, um, and you know my Venus. What I love is with the Moon, my subconscious, and in Gemini, in the second house, which the second house references to your gains, you know, money and stuff like that. Not always, because like there's a few different kinds of money houses that represent different types of money, and you know I think the second house is more like what you value, and you know I have what I love with what I value. And so, anyways, uh, I don't know what I'm going. I'm just kind of blabbering on and on here. It's because it's a different setting than I'm used to, you know. No, I just put the phone on and I leave it aside. And right now, I'm just staring at the phone and all the songs on here. And I'm just not sure what to talk about yet. And I figured by now something would come to me. And nothing really has. I know I'm supposed to be technically looking into all that information for that viewer. So, maybe that's what I should go do and come back after watching uh, another couple items on the list that they were talking about. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to go do, and I'll be back in a few. All right, what's going on, everybody? So this is me live on the mobile app. Um, I'm live on the mobile app because of the fact that, um, you know, my fucking computer crapped out, so... My boys are going to be home since they only go for half days right now, being at high school and junior high. So I don't know how long I'll be talking on here. But so as you've seen the title and the description and what you just heard, I recorded that earlier. And this is the reason I'm live now. And I guess the reason I didn't have something to talk about 
earlier is because this is the um, this is the video I'm supposed to make. So last night I'm raking the leaves outside, and I noticed that there was a water shins that came on, and it was only like I don't know if it was 29 or 39 minutes long, but somewhere around there. And I always listen to water shins, but you know it used to be on Tuesdays, and maybe there was one on Tuesday that I missed. I don't know. Anyways, I listened to it. They're talking about, um, I thought it was a hurricane initially, but when I looked into it today, it was a storm. It was a tropical storm, Zeta. Birch and his wife are talking about it, and they're a little worried. Um, God, I can't believe I can't remember his wife's name. Fucking, I know it too. It's right on the end of my tongue. It's very close to the Zeta word. It's um, fucking something similar. But anyways, um, she starts off by saying she's not worried, but then she is worried. Um, so... And then they say if the episode goes away, it's because their power loses power. Prior to doing this, I looked in to see what was going on in New Orleans. And um, I'm going to play a couple little clips there from some weather guys explaining what happened and all that, the extent of it. So as far as I know so far, there isn't anybody who has been injured or killed or anything like that. So it's not as bad as they thought. But they had some pretty high winds, um, I think. They were anticipating up to 100 uh, miles or kilometers, probably kilometers an hour. I don't know if that's actually what happened or not. But so um, I'm going to play those two little clips and then I'm going to play something from Birch. And then after that, I'm going to keep going into what I want to talk about. Um, And like I said, um, Birch is one of my teachers. Um, I never met the man. I almost established a line of communication way back when I got Facebook for the first time and then I lost it. No worries there. Um, and I realized there's no point to keep trying to add him as a friend or anything like that. I don't want to be like a groupie. <laughs> but um, there's many things I learned from Birch that are very valuable and I use every single day. And the transformation sigil is one of the biggest things. Hence why this I'm um, doing this episode. Meaning I watched about, I don't know, at least a hundred and... Well, Let's say about 70 some minutes of his videos, at least five or six videos this morning and a bunch last night I was watching. I was watching a lot of videos of him before I watched his Wittershins episode. So I've been giving him a lot of attention where energy go, where attention goes, energy flows. And Birch is the one that taught me that you can use other people's energy, whether it's good or bad or just neutral. Well, maybe not neutral, but and transform it into anything you want. And so... I don't want to state anything in case anything does happen. I don't want to feel responsible. But we know what happens in storms. You know, things happen to, you know, houses. and Sometimes there's damages associated. So, but knowing that Birch is a powerful witch and one of my favorites. And someone I learned a lot from. Um, anybody who watches this will have, have their attention on Birch's words, therefore sending him attention and with his simple sigils and techniques that he knows way better than I do, he can turn it into money and anything else he needs. So that's the point of this. I hate to see, you know, I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody. And, you know, uh, maybe not any recent episodes, but not that long ago, I've had a few episodes where I'm in disagreement with what him and his wife how they believe about COVID. Now, they believe it's real, and I believe, I I know COVID is a real virus. I just don't believe the extent of how damaging it is. I don't think everybody's at risk. I think there is a minority that are at risk, and I think we're trying to protect everybody. And by trying to protect even the people that aren't at risk, we're going to make them at risk with the ways we're doing it. But all that aside, I'm not going to... I don't let petty differences and difference in opinions 
and things uh, that I don't see the same as other people ever get in my way of, you know, I'm not going to hate anybody just because they have a different opinion as me. I'm not going to stop listening to somebody just because they have a different opinion than me. I mean, technically, even Frater Xavier, I have a different opinion with as well. And everybody knows that I probably pro him more than anybody on this channel. But very right next to him would be Uncle Birch when it comes to all my teachings and everything I learned. And, you know, when you put in a video I'm going to play here by Birch, he even says it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Within his channel, there's enough there for any witch to start an initiation and get a good foothold into witchcraft. Which tells you that he's giving you a lot of good information on his channel and you can start your own path. And that's what I did. I mixed his information, Fraser's information with the book, Cabal and the Great Work of Self-Transformation, which if I think of it, I'll put the PDF on this uh, after the episode. But anyways, um, all that aside, uh, I wish him and his family the best. I know they're safe. I know they're fine. I know nothing bad happened to them. It's just a matter of them losing power. But nonetheless... Um, he is a, a teacher and a mentor that I learned a lot from and there's, you know, if it wasn't for him and Freighter and then, uh, Liam Thomas Christopher being that book and, you know, there's countless others, I can't name them all, but for was for some of these people, I wouldn't be where I am right now. I wouldn't know the stuff I know. So sending them energy, you know, even if they don't need it for them to turn it into whatever they want is a form of payment. Uh, it's a metaphysical payment and, you know, you, be that as it may, some people might say, well, that's not real. Give me money. It's like, well, you know, if you can't give them money, well, there's other ways you can pay these people. With views, with hits, with subscriptions, whatever the case is. So anyways, I'm going to go to a song that I know Birch plays often on his channel. And just to get everybody in the mind frame of Birch. And I'll be back on, let's say, in about 20, maybe 15 minutes after you guys hear what's going on in Louisiana a little bit. And then hear something from Birch real quick. Here we go. What's left on the flag? His eyes, they closed, and his last breath spoke. He had seen all to be seen. A life once full, now an empty vase, with the blossoms on his early grave. Walk away, me boy, walk away, me boy, and by morning we'll be free. Wipe that gold. Tear from your mother, dear, and raise what's left of the flag for me. Then the rosary beads count them one, two, three, fell apart as they hit the floor. In our garb of black, we must pay respect to the color we're born to mourn. Walk away, me boys, walk away, me boys, but morning we'll 
The secret to the heavy rainfall is two strong systems combining near the eastern seaboard. The first, a plume of mid-level spin over the Great Plains that just produced a significant ice storm in Oklahoma, knocking out power to 300,000 people. That mid-level spin will move east and enhance the rising motion in our neck of the woods, allowing us to tap into very heavy downpours. Meanwhile, the remnants of Hurricane Zeta will work through the Atlanta area, eventually reaching the Southern Appalachians and the Carolina Piedmont before emerging into the Mid-Atlantic with very heavy moisture, and that will really feed into this mid-level upward motion and really generate significant bands of downpours. Now in the Mid-Atlantic, people don't think hurricanes have a big effect on their weather, but in reality, about 10% to 15% of our annual precipitation comes from hurricanes back in early August. from several people because i guess we have missed so many storms this year and we've been so lucky we've had so many you know near misses we've been in the cones many times yep. uh, and they're asking is this really for real are we really going to get it yeah this time it is i mean we're not joking when we say this i mean we missed laura which was almost a cat five in southwest louisiana delta was a hurricane oh. over there and we've been in we've been in the cones seven for seven times, times now we, we, this one's gonna hit yeah we had cristobal which didn't do too much a little bit of wind uh, marco didn't do much for us sally kind of missed us as well so did beta so but this one unfortunately I hate to say but this is going to be our storm and so this is the one folks you really need to heed these winds are not to be messed with i mean it could be some of the strong Strongest winds we've seen since Hurricane Katrina. Uh, again, we're just talking the wind, not the rest of what happened with Katrina. Just the winds, which were 74 to 100 miles per hour across the area. And you were doing a lot of research on this thing, and you, you did some comparisons. And there are comparisons to other storms. No two storms are alike. Right. But there are comparisons, and, and you were saying the difference in this storm and other storms to put it into perspective. Yeah, so the big thing we, a lot of people have been asking about is Cindy. Now, yeah. powerful-wise, this one's going to be stronger than Cindy. Oh, yeah, much. But Cindy knocked out, what, quarter million people? Over, about 300,000 300, or so, more than, more than a quarter right. million, yeah. Now, obviously, the power grid's been rebuilt because we can... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Katrina in between. We've had Gusto, we've had Isaac, a lot of other storms in between as well. But uh, with the, uh, that in mind, I hope we don't have that many people without power, but that could be a significant amount of our viewers. Sail away on a ball and chain and keep us from the roaring waves. Get her on the boat but forever we'll be free. So sail away aboard a rig, the moon is falling so away. Seven drunken pirates where the seven deadly sins. Yeah! Four corners of hell, so, so.
on the legs they never trust. Oh, set away on a ball and chain, keep on the road away. Get along the fight about the river, we'll be free. Set away a border, ain't got no disorder, so away. Seven drunken pirates, we're the seven deadly sins. We're seven drunken pirates, we're the seven deadly sins. Yeah! watching the videos that I was asked to by one of my viewers, but I'm just going to put that on pause for now and focus on this for the moment, for the time being. And um, yeah, so I'm going to play some videos from Birch here. I'm going to play one to begin, and then I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to talk about it, it that a little bit. But um, I don't know if people listen to me listen to Uncle Birch or not. And if you're a type of person who doesn't really like it, well, mo the majority of the videos I pick, except for maybe one, or a lot of his better depending if you want to classify his videos they're all very good for teaching you stuff and this is a man who spent a lot of time teaching for free um like i said he describes his information as a way to um as a good beginner start for anybody getting into witchcraft and he's not wrong you can take this information and actually use it to start your path in witchcraft and become a very powerful witch indeed um i did it and listening to these things over and over again will help program you and put the programming in you that this can be possible and you could have these um, results as well. Um, but he's done a lot of help for people. He puts a lot of information out there, some that he maybe shouldn't, but, you know, because he, he sells products and he sells services and all that. And then he goes out and he ends up giving away some of the secrets that he's also selling at the same time. So... Uh, somebody I very much do respect, and I hope all is well with him. So, um, in my opinion, if you stick it out and you listen to all the episodes I've chosen here for you, I've also put one on there where he talks about real witches don't vote Republican, just because I wouldn't feel right this close, because that's what his episode was about. Um, I think there's eight more days left to vote in the United States, whereas I'm in Canada, so I can't vote. But uh, I wouldn't feel right not putting his, because uh, I'm sure that's what his episode last night was about. So I'm going to at least have to play that one. I'll put that one on last though. So you guys get all the teachings prior to that. But even in that episode, he talks about a lot of very good things. He talks about how Wicca is um, a religion in the States and it protects the religious rights of people. He talks about how George Bush, before um, he got distracted by 
well, he says the Muslims. I think he's talking about 9-11 there and all that. But prior to that, he ran on the platform that got him voted in as the president. He was going to do away with the rights of the Wiccans and the witch soldiers. Um, they wanted to be able to put uh, on the tombstone that they were Wiccan and have uh, various artwork put on there. And they had to jump through hoops to get that. And then George Bush wanted to remove those soldiers from serving their country just because of their religious rights. And so he talks about many important things in there, I think, and that everybody should know. But I'm going to put um, a lot about Samhain, episodes about Samhain, the charge of the goddess and the full moon. And this is relevant because we have our second full moon this month coming up on October 31st on Halloween of all days on Samhain. Um, and then Samhain is technically Halloween night. And November 1st, so it's like Samhain's Eve and November 1st. And there's something to that being in the sense of November and December are the 11th and 12th months. So what is 11 and 12? Well, 11 ends up being 2 and 12 ends up being 3. But it's also the 1st and the 2nd, you know, after the 10. So after 10 being 0, well, that's really 1. And then your second one would be November and then your third one would be December. Um, and in witchcraft and other various traditions, this is the actual beginning of the year. And this is what he's going to speak about a few times. Um, and I think oh, as well, there's something to that because November, um, nef, nof, um, it would normally symbolize nine and a decameter or um, this en français is 10. Where we have it as the 12th month and the 11th month, but it actually means nine. If you go to October, uh, octagon that's eight and then september set is seven so there's something to this but you can also use de december and say dear and you know nine november um new and there's references there to one and two is all i'm saying so there is something to it being the beginning of the year and october 31st being the end of the year and we haven't had a full moon uh, something my wife told me we haven't had a full moon on halloween since i guess 1944 so very much something that you should definitely go out. If you didn't get the first full moon of October, um, you should definitely hit this one up, being that it's on the Day of the Dead, the day to remember your ancestors, and you should be putting out an altar and having the dumb supper. But I'll let Birch explain that better for you. So I have chosen a lot of videos that have to do with that and that specific part of our religions. So yeah, here he is. Give all your attention to my man, Uncle Birch. Whenever you have need of anything, once a month, and better it be when the moon is full, then shall you assemble in some secret place and adore the spirit of she who is queen of all witches. There shall you assemble Ye who are fain to learn all sorcery, yet have not won its deepest secrets, to these will she teach all things that are yet unknown. And ye shall be free from slavery. That is a sign that ye be really free. You shall be naked in your rights. You shall dance, sing, feast, make music and love, all in her praise. For hers is the ecstasy of the spirit. Hers is also joy on earth. For her law is love unto all beings. Keep pure your highest ideal. Strive ever towards it. Let naught 
stop you or turn you aside. For hers is the secret door which opens upon the land of youth. And hers is the cup of wine of life and the cauldron of Caridwin, which is the holy grail of immortality. She is the gracious goddess who gives the gift of joy unto the heart of man. Upon earth, she gave the knowledge of the spirit eternal. And beyond death, she gives peace and freedom and reunion from those with those who have gone before. Nor does she demand sacrifice for behold... She is the mother of all living, and her love is poured out upon the earth. This is the charge of the goddess as it exists today, one of the many accepted versions of the charge of the goddess uh, that we have today. Where I'm at now, tomorrow is the full moon. Get ready to do the full moon ritual and... uh, always have new people come to the full moon ritual and uh, they always you know they ask the same thing is what do you do well that's what we do we, some, we go in some secret place adore the spirit of she is all witches uh sing dance praise all that <laughs> and variations in different proportions depending on who you talk to we tend to call the the quarters to circle um call the goddess invoke the goddess uh, and then sing her praise uh, pray and then do some magic <laughs> and uh, everybody's version of it will vary hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From that point. But... We all have a common text that seems to be, for the most part, agreed upon. Uh, Different versions of the common text, however, uh, just like other religions, I guess, different translations over time of our holy text. But one of the most... uh, most commonly seen in all crafts is this one and it may not always be called the charge of the goddess it has different names attached to it but you know whenever you have need of anything once a month and best to be when the moon is full when you hear that you know where it came from and the words uh, come from some very ancient stock they come from at least the oldest uh, witchcraft book that that we have uh Arabia, Gospel of the Witches, 
this is where the words originate as far as we know, or the first place that any author has been able to find them and put them in anywhere. And um, then constantly debated and torn apart, and uh, you, you read Leland, you'll, there's no end to the, the debates. Um, what I found consistent, or, or the, the, the most consistent thing I found about the debates of Leland's work is that some people just don't like the taste of it on their tongue. <laughs> they don't like the drastic dark side that, that happens. Uh, when I read Leland and, and um, the information where our holy text comes from, I see a manifestation of the goddess who is both light and dark at the same time, loving and ominous at this in the same breath. And one of the more complete uh, and believable versions of the goddess that, that I see anywhere, any place elsewhere, I just see, you know, one side or the other. I'm not seeing a full manifestation of that goddess because that goddess is, is, uh, alien from all other things in the universe that I've come to know as a witch, i.e. left hand and right hand. <laughs> that goddess only has a right hand or only has a left hand. There's there's another hand hiding somewhere behind the back or something. Uh, it's inconsistent with all other things. And as above, so below. Uh, I have no craft reason to believe that we're going to have a goddess that's only fluffy. There's an aspect of that same goddess that has to be the opposite of Fluffy. Um, and in Leland's work, I see that. In one breath, Aradia is blessing, and in another uh, breath, she is damning the priests that have hunted her people. Uh, I, I could resonate with that. I would, I would, damn, I would probably damn the priests. They hunted my people if, if they if they were around. I understand that, but uh, that's that's the biggest reason I've ever come across, or the most valid reason of all the reasons that I've seen when when I see the debates, uh, for people to discount Leland's work. Uh, now there is the fact that Charles Leland, uh, for the oldest book that we have on witchcraft. Uh, story is he, he went out, he found some unscrupulous witch who stole the secrets of her coven and sold them to Leland. Uh, and so very fragmented. Uh, some are just all messed up, you know, some of it's just junk, but we, we clearly have to recognize that the charge of the goddess, our most holy uh, text everywhere, every Wicca, every witchcraft, it comes up. It comes up, and it definitely comes up at the full moon. Tomorrow for our people. Um, so I thought that I should give you, my, my my dear friends on YouTube, witches, as complete an education as I can in the old ways. Um, and that would be trying to duplicate as much as possible the teachings that I give to my own students here, my children. Um, and we definitely have to tear this one apart. We sit down with about three or four versions of the charge of the goddess and see throughout history who messed with what version of the charge of the goddess, who deleted what, who added what. Uh, don't have exactly that much time to do that here. But we, we have the new or the one of the commonly accepted modern versions that I just read to you. And here's where it came from and, and hard to deny. Um, 
translation. Uh, they have it in Italian. Then they have the translation here. When I shall have departed from this world, whenever ye have need of anything, once in the month and when the moon is full, ye shall assemble in some desert place or in a forest all together join to adore the potent spirit of your queen, my mother, great Diana. She who fain would learn all sorcery, yet has not won its deepest secrets, them my mother will teach her in truth all things as yet unknown. And ye shall be free from slavery, and so ye shall be free in everything. And as a sign that you are truly free, ye shall be naked in your rights, both men and women also. This shall last until the last of your oppressors shall be dead. And ye shall make the game of Benevento, extinguishing the lights, and after that shall hold your supper thus. This is the original text where the charge of the goddess comes from, and it passes through hands, people add to stuff. We don't bitch about that in witchcraft uh, too much. I, I think we, we as witches recognize that... Uh, all people can be divinely inspired to write holy works. Um, definitely differs between us and, and other witches. You know, we have all kinds of people uh, divinely inspired. We have uh, quite quite often a priest and a priestess um, being transpossessed and speaking for the god and the goddess in a lot of, lot of traditions. Um, so we recognize our connection to that deity and our ability to interact with it, translate, write it down. But we do have to look and see, you know, why? Like here, the original text says once a month and when the moon is full. Now here, in, uh, in modern times, um, we're, we're more laid back or it's too hard to make it to, uh, uh, to the, when the moon is full because now it says, and better it be when the moon is full. Yeah, we'd be close. We'd be close. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not arguing the merits of either. I just think that uh, what I learned about it, which is long ago, is that when confronted with a pattern, a person with a witch's mind needs to follow the pattern from beginning to end. That's to unravel and weave it back together of their own accord. And it's this a little symbolic saying that speaks volumes to... Uh, the brain of a witch <laughs> and uh so for me with this kind of thing to for to have a holy text as a witch i must weave back through the mists of history and follow that holy text back as far as it goes or as far as i can see it and then follow it back and then you know if i'm gonna add to the holy text if i'm gonna change it i'm not gonna do that until i've at least done what i just said gone from beginning to end to, to make my own beginning um, we we should know uh, I, I'm always saying this about language you know we need to know the, the origin of our words how our words started how they changed and what they mean now to fully use our words uh, correctly in magic so some things that I always like to point out is that some things here from the text uh, from the original text appear to have been changed for political views and i say this when i do my full moon ritual too you know we do the charge of the goddess i say and you know right about here the lines change depending on which political faction you belong to and uh, in my time with the coming of the dianics and the de denial of um, uh, 
denial of the deityhood of the masculine, <laughs> denial of the holy, the holy male. Uh, the Dianics is where where I first see it changed. Um, I believe uh, I sh- I'd like to see Gardner. Gerald Gardner has his version. I, I believe it still says men and women also there. Uh, but here, clearly, it says you shall be naked in your rights, both men and women also. So somebody deletes that a lot over the years. Um, and over the years, when these words come into prominence and become secured as a holy text and start to you know stick in their format, well, that was during the time of the goddess revival. Uh, during the, the, the all through the 80s, um, the goddess spirituality movements rose up, and they were side by side with us, uh, uh, which made sense because <laughs> you know we we're already goddess worshippers. Um, but in that, some versions rose up, um, some versions of uh, calling themselves Wicca that that deleted the male. Um, they didn't. They didn't just ignore it. <laughs> they deleted God. They deleted the masculine. They deleted those references to it. And uh, the main group that we that we can recognize that did that were the Dianics. They worshipped Diana, who's in this holy text right here with her daughter Aradia. And somehow somebody saw fit to come along and delete men from, from the oldest text that, that we have. <laughs> Hello. Um, so, when you ask, when you come into the grove, you want to ask, you know, what do we do with the full moon? Well, there's the text for what we all tend to do with the full moons, and everybody's version uh, is a little different. Um, if you want to cook, you should come out for one of our full moons if you're around Santa Cruz, or uh, if you want to, you know, plan your vacation around the full moon. We always do it, and uh, ours. Ours is one big song. Our our ritual, as it stands now, that we that we often do is a, a musical singing goddess experience, and just kind of happens. And uh, you don't have to have a bunch of uh, witch tricks in your bag of tricks. Uh, people of all shapes and colors and kinds of crafts uh, come to the ritual. And uh, it, that's that's the one ritual in my tradition that I take total personal responsibility for for like three years now. Um, I make the ritual happen. Um, very, I don't think I've ever drafted people into that ritual when they show up. You just show up, and all you got to do is keep in mind the thing that you want to wish for, and uh, hopefully clear up your throat and have a, the best singing voice that you can, or or fake it a bit. But wanted to throw out that little rant that I have about the charge of the goddess. I think for any witch out there, um, you're studying along your path. I think just as I, I went through and looked in the videos that I have in here now, and I think there's a complete package there. There's a, 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 a good training program for a witch to get you more than just started just on my channel alone um, and in no particular format you can just jump around and learn it how you want um, that's how I how I read all my books I think there's there's a lot out there and then uh, you need to study on your own 
I've given other study materials on there too. And uh, now I suggest, I'm recommending to you, my cyber students, that you go out and you study the Charge of the Goddess, uh, every version that you can, and see the different things that happen. It's it's it's. A, I like all the versions. I haven't really seen a Charge of the Goddess that I didn't like. I just think that we need to recognize where, why, and when changes occurred to our holy text. We can accept the changes later, but we must, we must know them. We must know they happen, or we're not witches. We should go into some other religion where we uh, are, are supposed to be ignorant and where it is the preferred modus operandi. Mary meets Mary part. Hello, World Wide Web of Witches. You know, it's like I just said in my last video, the universe brings me the lessons that I need to teach. I'm sitting here, I literally was sitting here looking at my computer going, God, you've only had one rant this week. You only put out one video this week, dude. What are you, what, what should you rant about next? Literally. Then my phone goes off, message comes through YouTube and it's Lisa. Lisa, one of my good, good viewers and sometimes writers, she sends me snail mail. And I'm going to just I'm going to tell you what she said here. I said, good day, Birch. I was wondering if you'd be so inclined as to do a video, quote, rant on ritual nudity. Not that I'm looking for pagan pornography, just an explanation as to why it seems necessary for some to do rituals in the nude. From my readings, it seems that this practice is a twisted invention of Gerald Gardner and that lovely bunch of coconuts back when he invented Wicca. <coughs> it has nothing to do whatsoever with belief practice of pagan magic um, and and it goes on um but but i think those are the basics and uh it's perfect because i'm also sitting here there's my long shift today i got a I got the witchcraft two class tonight so i'll be here all night um long long shift for me and it just so happens that in tonight's class we're, we're in the midst of tearing apart the uh the charge of the goddess and all the variants of the charge of the goddess and tracking the political changes on the charge of the goddess as time goes on. If you don't know what the charge of the goddess is, Google it and you're going to come up with a bunch of things. The most important text in all of Wicca, in all of witchcraft, everybody seems to know it, everybody seems to use it. You will hear the words, uh, when you have need of anything, once in the month and best it be when the moon is full classic lines that you'll hear in uh, in many many people's uh, rituals and none of them give credit to the source and most of them do not acknowledge the source aradia 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 however you want to say her name that is also debatable that is the source of the charge of the goddess is the oldest version of it we have charles leland wrote his book aradia gospel of the witches and i'm checking here first published in 1890 the oldest craft book we have uh leland's most unscholarly book 
He basically paid an unscrupulous witch to steal some secrets from her coven so he could publish them. The steel pieces of their most sacred book. Uh, so problem with, there are a lot of problems with this book. If you want to read a radio gospel of the witches, it takes a great amount of sifting through bullshit, sifting through Christian stuff added in, all kinds of stuff. So you really need to read between the lines. But in actuality, what I found in this book is a manifestation of the goddess that is both light and dark at the same time. I think a very accurate uh, manifestation of the goddess, the way I would expect the goddess to manifest light and dark at the same time. Um, and the original text from, from this is where we get the charge of the goddess and the lines of the charge of the goddess are changed depending on which political faction uh, grabs a hold of the lines. Now, I wanted to, I wanted to go right there right away because, first of all, no, it wasn't a twisted invention of Gardner, uh, although I could see where you would derive that. I mean, it sure looks like the Gardner people wanted to have BDSM and, uh, and ritual flogging and a lot of nudity in their craft, um, although you can find valid ritual reasons for ritual flogging. Um, there are some, some, some actual valid reasons. Um, we don't know what their reasons were. So let me, I've gone already four minutes just into the intro, but let me read directly from the original text, 1890, where everybody got the lines. I'm going to give you the whole thing. It says, when I shall have departed from this world, whenever you have need of anything, once in the month and when the moon is full, you shall assemble in some desert place or in a forest join to adore the potent spirit of your queen, my mother, great Diana. She who fain would learn all sorcery yet has not won its deepest secrets, them my mother will teach her in truth all things yet unknown. And he shall be freed from slavery. And as a sign, or wait, sorry. <laughs> See, I, I started reading Charge of the Goddess. And he shall be freed from slavery. And so ye shall be free in everything. And as a sign that ye are truly free, ye shall be naked in your rights, both men and women also. This shall last until the last of your oppressors shall be dead. And ye shall make the game of Benevento, extinguishing the lights, and after that shall hold your supper thus. The game of Benevento and extinguishing the lights refers to a uh, ritual orgy, uh, for, for lack of a better, you know, the ter to use terminology that everybody's going to understand, ritual sex is what they were referring to in that line. Uh, both, uh, you should be naked in your rights, both men and women. Also, uh, that line gets omitted by the Dianics. The Dianics omit the men and women also line from their charge of the goddess uh, to their fight, thereby justify the non-existence of men and the non-existence of God. So, uh, but on and on, everybody takes these words and twists them around. Uh, first we get, I believe, uh, the charge of the goddess that we typically see comes from Doreen Valiente, and then on it trickles down and people change it and twist it and tear it apart depending on uh, what they have to say. Um, but that's where it comes from. It's not just a gardener invention. Um, but 
I haven't seen him practice a whole lot. Matter of fact, uh, first time I saw him practice, it was the OTO that was doing it. I haven't seen too many witches practice it, and I've lived in California uh, most of my time, so we definitely could have practiced it. Uh, I practice it sometimes, you know, by myself, but usually not with covens. I tend to do a lot of public work. Um, so it's a preference thing, and it's it's actually not often done. Robes are more preferred, though often people are naked under their robes. But clearly here it says it's a sign that she should be free from slavery. And are we? I'm sorry, we're not. Um, the last of our oppressors is not dead. Um, oh, I guess so that practice goes on until the last of our pressures is dead. So our last of our pressures is not dead. So maybe we should be naked. I don't know. But uh, I, I, I don't I don't think everybody in Italy practiced naked <laughs> all year long. Uh, a lot to that. No, that seven minutes. Got somebody coming in. Be right back. Ah, yes. I remember what I was going to say. So in actuality... The, the idea that Leland's borrowing here, he actually uses again in this book. In Gospel of the Witches, he tells the story of Dis and then the, her dissension through the nine gates to the underworld around Sowen, where she faces death, has to kneel before death's scourge. This is partially where they get the scourging for the Gardnerian is from. The, it's a very, very sacred story, but in actuality, that story is probably more likely the story of Inanna. Uh, Inanna has the same thing. She has to pause at each gate. She has to uh, give up her scepter, her crown. And, you know, eventually, by the time she gets there, she's nude, kneeling before death. And there's, there's a lot in that text of what the, what the nude is symbolic of. Um, and the goddess herself has to kneel before death and be uh, scourged until she can embrace him. Classic tale, uh, though I have seen several goddesses superimposed upon that. I believe I've even seen Diana in the same story. But really, it's it's Inanna's story, and, and they just attach other goddesses to that. So what I'm basically saying there is there's, uh, there's great historical... Uh, reason for that um these, these people didn't just make it up they uh, even in their making up they were digging up lots of stuff and one thing i always like to bring up that nobody talks about enough because the gardenarians tend to be some of the most staunch traditionalists that there are however every story ever told of gerald gardner uh has to hit on this after a lifetime of studying religio magic around the world, Gerald Gardner then settles down, meets the new forest witches, starts his journey of the craft. Now, question I have is in that. If a man traveled the entire world studying religio magic for his entire life, would he not have included all of the things in his bag of tricks that he picked up along the way. My point is this. Gardnerian craft, as Gardner taught it, was what we would call eclectic now. So drop the staunch traditionalism, unless your staunch traditionalism is staunchly eclectic. Uh, I think we all should be filling our bag of tricks with lots of different things that happen to work together. And... Um, 
I hope somewhere in that rant I hit on ritual nudity. I think I did. I think I hit. Hello, Tubies. Uh, October is upon us, fast upon us. And now we must prepare for Samhain. The most favorite holiday of all the witches, you see. Uh, reason for that. Uh, it's the high holy day of the year. One of the high holy days of the year. Uh, one of the uh, major Sabbaths. Uh, in a lot of traditions, it's the end of the wheel of the year and the beginning of the new wheel. Uh, in craft, we inundate ourselves with this concept to remind us of a few things. When something ends... Something begins immediately upon it. Uh, that explains our philosophy of God, our philosophy of death, reincarnation, on and on. We have these repeating philosophies that we inundate ourselves with so we get the message. So uh, that's the new year. Samhain is the spoke of the new year. Quite often you hear a lot of witches running around going, Happy New Year! Because we start our year with the dark months and we work our way toward the light uh, it's a positive uplifting kind of faith that way uh, it's always getting lighter from the start it starts in the darkest possible part of course we just got summer here uh, in California so uh, it's not going to be too dark and spooky and uh, definitely no snow uh, but at any rate it's, it's uh, definitely winter for a lot of people started the dark months a season of the dead and that's the biggest thing that we all have in common. This is the, not the only holiday, but the big holiday where it's all about our ancestors, the dead, those that have gone before, and paying them proper respect. Uh, ours, our religion and the variants of our religion are, of course, not the only ones to do that. Everybody had a paganism. Everybody had a craft in their culture. Uh, and so... In every culture, you'll find the remnants of their pagan culture still doing something around that time. Um, in South America and Mexico, the Day of the Dead, I think, is uh, November 1st. Uh, that's important. It's kind of a lost thing. Uh, the old holidays tended to be twofold. There tended to be an Eve holiday and a day. So if, if you look around, quite often you'll see Samhain called November's Eve. That's some people that remembered it. It wasn't just Samhain. Really, it was the second, the, the half a second after midnight was the holy time. The time between the veils, the time between things, time between one day and another, one year and another. That's always a holy, magical time and a spot to be in. Um, so November 1st absolutely was part of the holiday that went with October 31st, Samhain. Now, um, a lot of bagging on the Catholics and religions such as ours, and I, I understand it. I understand it. We've got you know, a lot to bitch about historically, uh, especially when we talk about our ancestors, because our ancestors are the ones that were wronged so bad by the Catholics. But what my clear vision has been able to, to, to remind people is that although the Catholic Church came along and tried to do away with us, kill us all. The Catholic Church was nice enough to provide a convenient place for paganism to survive hidden all around the world. They provided a place to hide 
while they were killing us. And so we have the pure strains of paganism all over the world. They look very much like Catholicism, just really heavy on the saints and the statues and the trinkets and the candles and in the, like in the strega, you know, the olive oil, they're working way more with the angels than ever calling upon Jesus, doing a hell of a lot of Hail Marys. Um, people were able to hide within the Catholic Church while being persecuted. So at some point, our people just kind of hid right under their noses, and it seemed to happen all over the place. Happened, you could see it really heavy in Ireland, see it really heavy in, uh, in Italy. Uh, pretty much any place that the Catholic Church had a seed of paganism that survived. Uh, several strains of South American uh, paganism. Uh, a Santeria, very, very pagan Catholicism. Pagan Catholicism. It's hard to say that too many times fast. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Catholics. And thank you also for making your own version of the holiday just to keep it alive. They have uh, All Saints Day. Uh, they're only going to remember the the dead saints, I guess, but, but whatever, uh, they're still, still, uh, they're mimicking us, um, and they don't really remember that they're doing that anymore, um, this one I always like to, to remind people about, because, uh, some witches are really hardcore about, uh, uh, well, about a lot of things, <laughs> but this time of year, I know several witches that will not take their kids trick-or-treating, or will not let their kids go trick-or-treating, so they don't want to dumb down the holiday, for the kids, but they don't want to take away any of the sacredness of a holiday for the kids. And I understand that, but look at it this way. Our ancestors were devious in their ability to not be erased from the face of the planet, even though people were trying really hard to do that, uh, trying to make them disappear. Like the Druids, the Druids were classic in weaving themselves into the fabric of society so it could never be removed. You can't sing old songs, old nursery rhymes, or fairy tales without covertly teaching your children Druidic lore. And that's how they, they made themselves never, ever, ever go away. And somehow, the children keep the old, the old ways alive. And very much Halloween very much Halloween and trick-or-treating are twisted and plasticized versions of the old ways, but they have come down relatively intact. And what I'm talking about specifically is the Dumb Supper. The Dumb Supper is the most common uh, practice within this holiday all around the world. Everybody that's celebrating the Day of the Dead tends to have a version of the Dumb Supper. And the Dumb Supper involves leaving food and drink out for your ancestors, for the dead. Uh, some places you leave one plate of food out and that somehow feeds all your dead, feeds all your ancestors. So it's very economical. Um, some places you would... Hold on. I'm at seven minutes. i got to answer the phone. I'll be right back. So like I was saying, the Dumb Supper... All around the world, they practiced this. The idea was that the veils between the worlds are so thin on that night that your ancestors want to come check on their offspring, see how they're doing. They're very connected to you by bloodline, DNA, stuff like that. So they know where you are. They're going to come visit. They expect a certain respect. 
And we see it's really uh, very clearly in, in Ireland, uh, other countries too, but Ireland was hardcore with the respect that you had to show to wandering individuals showing up at your doorstep. Because uh, quite often they were gods or bards or druids, and if you wronged them, you were screwed <laughs> forever. Uh, so showing respect to just random transients at your doorway, especially on this night, because the idea was that your ancestors came back to see you uh, they expected a certain amount of respect, an offering, offering, of, you know, usually food and drink, burnt offerings, of course, are, have always been done for the dead, uh, turning that, that food into smoke uh, makes it easier for them to digest, I don't know, but uh, at any rate, so, they go to your door, expecting uh, an offering, if they don't get it, traditionally, then you were marked to be messed with. Since they were your ancestors, they wouldn't totally just become demons and devour you, but they would tend to be like poltergeists and go around your house hiding the keys to your chariot or something. I don't know. Uh, they'd mess with you. Mess with you. And somehow, this little twisted idea trickles down through all our plasticisms over the years and becomes trick-or-treat. Children dressing as dead people Wandering the streets in search of offerings, of treats, of food. And in the old days, the kids remembered the second half of the ritual. And I, maybe I shouldn't even mention it, but it, I, we're talking history here. In my day, they remembered it. I don't know if my kid remembers it, but there was something that went along with it. If you had a pumpkin out, if your porch light was on, if you were home, you didn't answer the door, you didn't kick down a treat, you didn't leave treats out on the doorstep for the kids, they were responsible for the second part of the ritual, the trick. The bag of dog poop on your doorstep lit on fire, uh, egg in your house, toilet paper in your house, this kind of thing. That was part of their responsibility. And so as twisted as all that is, these are the, the, the remnants of the old things, and they're so partially intact that I think it's a great thing because you've got Christians and, and uh, well, you know, not all of them. They won't let their kids participate in the devil's holiday. Uh, <laughs> they got these people of all these faiths to this day enacting a very modernized version of a pagan practice. Old is the dirt. And I say, that's beautiful. I, I love the fact I can hear our ancestors snickering in their graves. <laughs> they thought they killed us. <laughs> they thought they removed us from the face of the planet. Oh, how stupid. They didn't remove anything. They adopted all the policies, all the practices of the old religions to the point where they don't even know it. Catholic Church is where to learn some really serious, deep, old paganism. Uh, they were nice enough to steal all our books, not burn them, keep them, <laughs> rather than some, some other religions. And uh, at any rate, I wanted to throw that out. So remember the dumb supper this Samhain. This, this ah, see, I messed myself up saying Halloween. I only said that so you'd understand the trick-or-treat part, but now it's screwing with me. So Samhain, remember your dumb supper. And remember your ancestors. And uh, have a good sound, y'all. Happy fucking New Year.
Uncle Birch here. I have two hands. It's necessary for me to have two hands to do what I need to do. You know, I got my right hand for my uh, blade. I got my left hand for my wand. And there are two paths you can go by. But in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. Yeah, you need to go listen to Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven if you have not listened to it since you've been paid.